This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Crookston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Cunin. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. It's a little cooler this morning than the past couple days with the current temps generally in the single digits and teens above zero. There are some areas dealing with fog this morning, so be alert for that. All eyes, of course, on early next week when a winter storm moves through the central United States. Weather models suggest the largest snow amounts will be in southern and central South Dakota. The National Weather Service Bismarck office says there's still a chance that storm could track to the north and bring heavy snow to western and central North Dakota. Stay up to date on the forecast throughout that New Year's weekend. Grand Forks-based National Weather Service meteorologist Alexander Kent says the drought monitor has been expanding in Minnesota and North Dakota. So compared to three months ago, it looks like we actually have more areas in drought in North Dakota than we did in September. And we actually have more areas in D1 and D2 than we did three months ago. Now, if we look in Minnesota, it looks to be the same trend. So we have more areas in abnormally dry conditions and more areas in D1 and D2 drought. But we don't have any areas in either state in D3 or in D4. Kent says the outlook for this winter could bring much needed moisture to help relieve drought conditions this spring. So it looks like for January, the Climate Prediction Center is saying that we could actually be above normal precipitation in the northern Red River Valley and in northwestern Minnesota, um, but we will be below um, average temperature. So I guess it's just trying to find that balance um, between you know, too dry or too wet. Weather continues to be the big market driver for both the soybean market and the wheat trade. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo has concerns with the winter wheat crop in the Southern Plains. I sit here as a fundamental analyst and, and think this is not going to be good for the wheat crop. Not only are we not looking at any precip, but we've gone from uh, 25, 30 below temperatures when it comes to wind chill factored in to now positive 60. So we've essentially had almost a 90-degree swing when you factor in the wind chill, and we're just now getting into January. Zuzdal expects Southern Plains weather to be one of the key market factors moving forward. We continue to see very little precip for the next seven to eight days uh, in the U.S. hard red wheat belt and the Southern Plains as well. So I think that's going to continue to kind of revolve around the market and at times become the major focus once again. But what we had earlier this week was a time when both meal and bean oil were going higher. The trade was excited about China coming out of zero COVID. And we also had Argentine weather really playing a strong role in the meal market. And I think that's why we had the 35, 40 cent higher trade early in the week when we first came back from Christmas. Soybean futures top $15 for the first time since June. That's when soybeans hit an all-time high of 17.69 a bushel. Strength is being tied to the expected increase in demand from China, which is opening up from the COVID-related shutdowns. Farmers are ending the year in good financial shape. USDA chief economist Seth Meyer. We saw uh, assets and equities rise in 2022 and even some declines in debt. 
really modest declines in debt, but some declines in debt with rising asset valuation. Farmland values have increased for 11, 11 consecutive months. Cash is on hand, asset values are increasing, and I think that that is and has provided a little bit of land price pressures. According to the USDA's Grain Transportation Report, service was an ongoing problem for grain shippers this past year. The number of unfilled grain car orders reached its highest level ever at the end of June at 17,200. At the end of the year, unfilled grain car orders were at 16,400. Rail shipping costs were also high, with bids for rail car service this past year $600 per car more than average. That includes a few months when bids were $1,000 above the average. President Joe Biden has finally signed that $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. The 4,000-page bill was shipped to the Caribbean to catch up with the president while on vacation. Congress passed the bill last week. That includes $3.7 billion for crop and livestock disaster losses and $2.2 billion for international trade development. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. We're hearing more new voices at the Minnesota State Legislature. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman talks with State Senator-Elect Rob Kupek. Rob Kupek of Moorhead will begin representing Minnesota's 4th District in the Minnesota State Senate, beginning with the new session on January 3rd. Kupek says as vice chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, he expects to work on several issues to help farmers in his district and across Minnesota. The right to repair legislation, so I think we'll, we'll definitely be doing some uh, work on that. The uh, grain indemnity situation where, where the elevators have gone, you know, kind of belly up and left farmers on the hook. So I think we should possibly look at ensuring those farmers don't get caught, you know, kind of holding the bag if somebody goes out of business. Um, there are some, you know, environmental issues, too, um, that I'd like to work on. The climate change, being a meteorologist, is something, you know, that I've worked on for a long time. And I want to make sure, you know, our ag industry is being protected from climate change to make sure that, you know, we stay in the vibrant place that we have been for many years. Kupek says he plans to continue to work on items that have already been in the works. I would like to see the uh, state income tax on Social Security eliminated. Um, that is one thing that I'd like to, to really work on. Property taxes, uh, too, that really Im impacts our agricultural community, and I'd really like to make sure we're working in ways uh, to lower property taxes and that, uh, that school-to-farm credit, too, to get that up to a, a more of a, the 85% level that was proposed last year uh, to, to, give, to, you know, to also help rural school districts but also give you know, farmers a break on the property tax, too. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. The profitable calf prices we've seen are well overdue for the cattle industry. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. With several years of cattle producers scraping by and breaking even, prices are finally looking up. RCAF USA CEO Bill Bullard says the widespread drought across the U.S. is partially the reason. Bullard is working to keep competition between packers going after dry conditions recede. We were able to get two pieces of legislation that we believe are the triaged measures that need to be taken. Number one is the mandatory country of origin labeling bill that was introduced at our request. And that bill would empower consumers to exercise choice in the marketplace, give consumers the right to choose where they want their beef produced. And in doing so, we will restore competition to the marketplace. 
And then we realize that there is no competition for domestic cattle in the marketplace itself, so we have to force those four largest packers to compete, and a bill has been introduced on our behalf that would do that by requiring those packers to purchase at least 50% of their cattle needs every week from the competitive marketplace. Bullard says besides keeping the marketplace fair, retaining producers' rights for cattle management and identification is also in the works. And then we have the case regarding the infringement on the liberties of cattle producers, and that's the government effort to try to force upon every producer uh, the requirement to use a radio frequency identification ear tag if they want to shift cattle across state lines. That's the most expensive identification system out there. It will add to production costs on an industry that has struggled to even receive the cost of production from the marketplace. And we have a case pending right now before the U.S. Supreme Court addressing that very issue. So we've had a lot of accomplishments in terms of bringing the level of awareness necessary to the surface so that action can now be taken. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Value will be a buzzword for the 2023. The Maiden Meat Trends report says the economy is pushing consumers to seek out less expensive items at the meat case. Others are buying premium meat products at the supermarket rather than dining out. There is a big focus on health and wellness with high-protein diets in demand. Research firm says there's also a trend towards simple ingredients and clean labels. Meat department shoppers are showing less interest in plant-based meat alternatives. And due to economic pressure, 62% of consumers are uh, choosing large meat snacks rather than a full meal. The United Nations has named a new coordinator for the Black Sea Grain Initiative. A Kuwaiti vice admiral will manage the grain shipments from Ukraine. A former World Food Program official has been in that role since August. This humanitarian grain lane was established by the U.N., Turkey, and Russia, along with Ukraine in July. More than 14 million tons of grain have been exported through the initiative. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Fungicides are a standard part of the arsenal for specialty crop growers. BASF Technical Services Representative Jared Roskamp says the demand for fungicides is now growing for corn and soybeans. We continue to see fungicide be a growing segment because of the adoption uh, that a lot of growers have seen that return on investment and that protection against diseases. And, and even as we watch new diseases in corn like tar spot move across the U.S., uh, growers are seeing a lot more reason to have to go make that plan and put that protection out. Tar spot in corn is expanding its presence in the Midwest. If you've never had it before, we're going to watch for little black specks to show up on the leaves. It typically happens near the tassel timing when that corn plant starts to go under that reproductive stress. And so it's a very aggressive disease. Roskamp says farmers need to be proactive rather than reactive when dealing with diseases like tar spot. Minnesota FFA is experiencing unprecedented growth Minnesota FFA Foundation Executive Director Val Arsvold says there's currently 210 FFA programs chartered with more than a dozen schools working to add a program in the upcoming year. In the 30 plus years that I've been involved with agricultural education, I have not seen this type of growth. We added 20 new programs the last three years and we have uh, 12 that are working to add an agricultural education program for the upcoming school year, which if they add that, then they would uh, have FFA as part of their program as well. So within a matter of four years, we could very easily see, you know, 30-some new chapters that we uh, are really excited to welcome 
into the whole agricultural education family here in Minnesota. Currently, Minnesota students that go through a career and technical education have a 10% higher graduation rate than the state average. Checking markets, we are a fraction higher for Minneapolis wheat this last trading day of the year. The March contract a quarter penny higher at 914 and a quarter. May Minneapolis wheat a half cent gain. Chicago wheat for March a half cent higher, 774 and a half. Hard rent winter wheat for March, one and a half higher at 868. March corn, even money, nine, uh, 679 and a half. July 672 and a quarter, that's down a half cent. Soybeans, a solid 15 cents to the plus side for January, 1523 and three quarters. March, 1529 and a quarter, that's 13 and a quarter cents to the plus side, to the up. As we uh, check in on the farm calendar, the uh, Lake Region Extension Roundup will be held next week. That's, of course, Wednesday and Thursday. That'll be held in Devil's Lake. Uh, they'll have concurrent sessions going on in the Memorial Building Basement, the Armory Room, uh, the Historical Room, and then the uh, Meeting Room at the uh, adjoining Ramsey County Courthouse. Plenty of great topics, a full slate both days. Again, the Lake Region Extension Roundup in Devil's Lake. Also on the farm calendar, the South Dakota Corn Growers with their annual conference. January 21st is the uh, date. Uh, again, a wide variety of educational sessions coming up for that meeting in Sioux Falls. And the Northern Pulse Growers Association, their convention, January 24th. That'll be in Minot. Have a great day, a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.